everyone welcome to a brand new episode episode 14 of the stay attached podcast today we are joined by an eight-time champion maybe a nine-time champion which which, which is an austin uh i'm pretty sure it's eight eight okay i was accurate eight-time champion one-time world champion uh two-time world champion or cod champs runner-up and one of the best main ars in call of duty history austin slasher litico welcome to this wait not welcome to the show not the stream Hey, thanks for having me, man. Glad okay. Got to talk about things. Always love talking Call of Duty. Oh, we know you love talking Call of Duty, and sometimes a little too much because uh, your <laughs> tweets, your what you're saying, it gets you in trouble a couple times, and uh, you always wear your heart on your sleeve, win or lose. Uh, you're always mentioning something, and uh, people in the community have grown to grown to love that and love that about you. That is facts. I'm very very outspoken, especially in the heat <laughs> of the moment. Um, <laughs> But what a lot of people don't understand is is what we've talked about. We talked about a couple of times in the community is like there's the player and there's the person. Like I feel like uh, outside of competition, I'm a completely different person than than I am like inside of it. I'm much more laid back and uh, and stuff like this. You can mm -hmm. kind of see it as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's what most people are because when it comes to business, everyone's serious. They want to make sure it's going well. They're playing well, everything like that. So it's very serious. But outside of the game, it's just. We're all just normal people. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you are – you're okay outside of the game. I wouldn't say any, you're anything too special, <laughs> but um, no, nah, I'm just playing. I'll take it okay. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take it. That's a good – that's you know, that's good enough gas right there. But um, enough enough of the small little small talk. It's time to get into your story, your origin story, how Slasher uh, first came up. Well, what was your first game as a, as a toddler? First game – the first game I can remember playing is probably um, – like 007 Goldeneye on like N64. I think I was like four years old or something. And uh, my family used to play it at, at like some parties and stuff like that sometimes. Like, you know, you'd play like Mario Party, yeah. 007, like all these games split screen and stuff like that. Uh, Donkey Kong Racing. Like those are the games that I, I kind of came up on when I was really young. And um, I played it with, you know, my uncles, my dad and stuff like that. And they, yeah. they'd never let me win. <laughs> like I was four years old, they'd always smoke me, and they they talk some trash and stuff like that. And uh, my family says that's that's part of where, why I am like who I am. Because then I I you know took I took that seriously when my my <laughs> parents and stuff were talking trash. So then I got really good at the game and started beating them, and they never played me after that. Yeah, no, I mean that's how it goes. I feel like that is a really important thing, especially when like you're young. Because if people like give you the win or make you feel good all the time, like you need to get you need to get beaten down beat yeah. up you got to lose to like really get that fire in you uh to want to win and stuff so i think that's a really important thing and if uh all my young kids i have when i'm older like i'm gonna be smoking them basketball baseball <laughs> football uh cod starcraft too like oh, they're getting smoked so they're and then when they're old enough then they're gonna be beating my ass and uh, all this stuff so then you're gonna be done playing. At oh that yeah, point. then once I'm like, you once, like, nah, nah, I'm cool now. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm getting old now. My back's messed up. Ugh, dad can't do that anymore. Um, but yeah. did you play any sports growing up? Oh yeah, I was I was a big time baseball player. Um, I played like year round. Uh, played out throughout high school. Um, I kind of started falling off in high school because that's when I started kind of picking up uh, uh, with Call of Duty and stuff, and and just kind of like lost my like love for the game in yeah. a sense. But um. Like, my early teen years, I was on really good teams. I was on a team, like, when I was, like, 12 or something that was, like, pretty high-ranked in Cali, like, winning a bunch of tournaments and stuff like that around California. So, I, I was a big-time baseball player. 
Did you have a like a favorite player? Um, I always liked the like the A's. I didn't really have like I liked a lot of like the earlier like two thousands A's players like yeah. Eric Chavez, Miguel Tejada, like the infielders and stuff like that. Um, I, I wasn't like too big on any one player, but like yeah. I just always was an A's fan because that's like my dad and like used to go to all the games. He had tickets all the time, so I just came up in a family who really liked the Oakland A's. Yeah, you're just pretty much molded and had to become an A's fan because that's just what you're surrounded by. So Exactly. That's, yeah. I feel like that's usually how most people become like fans of certain sports teams. Like their whole family is just a fan and watching all the games. So yeah, it kind of just happens. Um, but then you mentioned that you kind of fell out of love with baseball and started playing more video games. Like at what point and what game was that really like made you want to keep competing in Call of Duty or play Call of Duty a lot? Um... So I don't know if there was a specific game, but it kind of was when I, I like started playing like some of the the GB tournaments and stuff like that. Um, MW3, I think, is when I won my first like couple hundred dollars or or something. And then like Black Ops 2 was the really big one where like I started playing Respawn because I was only yeah. always only S and D, and it started with hardcore S and D. So even like you know you <laughs> completely different than what yeah. we play now, way different game. But uh. Eventually, uh, Miyagi kind of got me to switch over to core because that's where all the tournaments were at. And then I kind of started liking that. And then he's, you know, going to locals and all this stuff. So I was like, you know what? This is, you know, kind of fun. Like, I've played against some of these guys. Let me give it a chance. Yeah. And then what was the uh, like first major LAN event that you attended? Uh, Black Ops 2 Anaheim, where uh, Complexity won. And Complexity I remember, uh, I remember being there. We got 17th, which is not too bad considering, like, we didn't really have any respawn players on our team. We we're kind of just, you know, super new to the game. And we practiced a little bit, but not a ton. And uh, I remember sitting in the crowd watching Complexity win, and I was like, yo, this shit's actually kind of lit. <laughs> that's when I was like, I, I want, I really want to do this. Yeah. No, I remember you guys beat my team that event. That was tough. Wait, did we really? Yeah, for the top 24. Oh, shit. Because we placed 29th through 32nd. But my team was like a day pickup team with like Kalani, Nihil, oh, okay. Fnatic. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we actually beat uh pluto's team and like some, some other teams and then we played you guys and we ended up losing i was like damn i was full um but yeah who was who was your uh roster for that uh tournament um it was i'm pretty sure it was me miyagi cali and ethan oh sure ethan. what was his name what was his gamer tag it was ethan i'm pretty sure was it ethan? ethan dr ethan or something like uh, that okay okay yeah I, I think i remember him a little bit um, so would you say pretty much Miyagi is like kind of your codfather in a way? Not, <laughs> not, in, <laughs> not in teaching how to play, but like he's the one that got you into like competitive and stuff. And like, yeah, he, he definitely got me into the beginning of competitive, I'd say. Cause like he, he was also a hardcore, um, SNDGB kid, like when I was in like black ops one and stuff. And I like knew of him, but he was like, I feel like a lower tier at the time when I was like one of the better teams, um, yeah. in hardcore. And then he eventually switched over and started playing these like tournaments and he got me to play like a like an amateur tournament with him because mm. i wasn't like super big into like i didn't even know you could make much money but he was like dude like you can make like 400 dollars in these amateur <laughs> tournaments and like people yeah. who have won before can't play them again so i'm like oh dude that should be easy then if like the best players can't even play like yeah we're gonna for sure win and um yeah he just got me to switch over to to core and I had to completely switch my game because, like, I was on eight, eight cents for like nine, <laughs> yeah. nine or something. Core or in hardcore, just whipping around and stuff. And uh, I went down to like three, and you know, that's that was the start of it. Yeah. 
So Black Ops 2, that's where you really got like your start as and your motivation to want to be like a pro player. And then going into Call of Duty Ghost, um, this is actually when you and I first started teaming on mm -hmm. Elevate. Elevate. That's pretty crazy that we were like the first team that Elevate ever had. I feel like most people don't even remember that unless they were there for that moment. Um, yeah. What do you remember from like that, those Elevate days? Um, I mean, I remember just like we actually started kind of taking the, well, for me, I started taking the game more seriously and started like actually trying to like practice, you know what I mean? Like to yeah. try to like win and like place pro. The first goal was to place pro. Um, and that's what we were able to do at, at Philly knocking down optic <laughs> yeah um, which was crazy to think about like that that was our path to placing pro is beating optic gaming and i remember being in in that venue with like all the optic people like fans and stuff huddled around us like they were literally we're like, clapping, like in our face like <laughs> when their team was winning maps or rounds and stuff and yeah. we're just like 16 17 year olds like you know what i mean just going hard and like i don't know it was such, just such a fun time and like also um proved to me that like you know I, I could do this yeah. like i knew i could but like that was like the the validation moment yeah, yeah exactly dude that was a crazy a crazy uh weekend because i was actually on that sunday was literally my birthday too where i turned i think i turned 17 then that's and, probably about right yeah and then i remember we beat optic i think i think we went on sovereign i think sovereign was like map two and we won on warhawk yeah we won on warhawk, warhawk. Yeah. um i'm pretty sure miyagi and i carried you if you want to go watch the vods back <laughs> i think we both had double digits you were like two and something so. i'm pretty sure i did not have a good game five but, <laughs> it's, I got but it's all good kill. Yeah, that's what we got that, that's why you got us man me and miyagi are we're your we're your cod fathers so we're always yeah, sure. we're always taking care of you looking out but um yeah, yeah i think that was a huge moment for both of our careers because that's when like when you place pro and get that first top eight you're like holy shit, I could actually do this. I could be one of those pro players. And then yeah. it's crazy to look back and see where we are now and how long we've been in the game since then. The thing uh, about it too, that like, it, it's so different back then because you didn't get chances on pro teams unless you yeah. place pro. Yeah, it was, I mean, like yeah. nowadays, like they just, they'll see challengers players and be like, this guy has potential, let's let's give him a shot. Yeah. Back then we had to place pro with nobody who's been pro before. Like we all had best placed like 17th, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it was a completely different thing, like, and it was huge for all of us because then that was kind of getting our foot in the door yeah. of like, okay, these guys are actually good. Yeah, I remember even uh, how I was feeling back in those days. Like, the pro community was so tight-knit. Like, you couldn't really break into that pro circle unless you started yeah. winning, like, actual events, like placing top four at events because it was just way harder to go pro back then. Uh, it's so much easier now. If you just fry in challengers now or fry in a couple 2Ks, people are like, okay, we're picking that guy up. Uh, exactly, but but yeah. back then, it didn't matter if you won because we, your te our team, we were winning 2Ks. We won like a couple 2Ks just because we had the quad West Coast yeah. host and no one could fuck with us because we were just pretty good. Um, but yeah, it was so much harder to go pro Dude, back we then. We were getting roasted too at that time. <laughs> we were getting roasted, bro. Yeah. It's so much different now. It's actually funny to think back on that. Yeah, nowadays it's like, well, you see a challenger player, you go like, wow, he might be really good. Back then, it's like this this team of AMs wins three two games in a row these guys are fucking dog shit online yeah. idiots do it on land <laughs> so it's kind of crazy how much everything's like developed to uh where it is now um but i gotta ask at the end of ghost you were one of the best players in the game i think you placed like second at noble and something changed you actually started teaming with one of your favorite people martin chino uh what do you think he really taught you to help become or to help you become the best player at the end of the game or one of the best players at the end of the game i think um i think just being on that team like i think uh 
I think Sheen has a has a really good like uh, competitive mindset. Like he he's we align like when how we think about like practice and like how to play the game. And we also just were like all learning together like on that team like what it is to be a team, like how to play together. Cause like yeah. I kind of learned early on um, that Call of Duty teams like. They didn't have the best like teamwork back then in my opinion like i felt like there was just four guys kind of going around and like they had certain ideas of how to play but they never actually played that well together and i always said like it doesn't matter for the most talented like if we can just work together and off of each other like we can make this work and i feel like we learned how to like play the game together and like it's yeah. certain things like i still use to this day like the way we played snd back on that team i still preach stuff that we were learning back then like it was just a big like learning experience for me when it came to playing the game and also like maturing as a pro player from just being like an average pro player who can place eighth into being like the guy who can go on to help his team win championships. Yeah. And shout out to uh Troy Center Michaels. He was on that team and then was it who was their fourth? Miyagi. Miyagi. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Good old Miyagi. We had a passionate team, bro. We had a passionate team. <laughs> yeah, that's the team that yeah, yeah. I know your S and D was for sure good with that squad. Oh yeah, Danny yeah. Miyagi was always really good, always playing super ratty, uh, and then everyone else too. Like that was definitely a, a great. Uh, That's why SMT. we were so good was because of search. Yeah, and then uh, I'm pretty sure you placed second at the last event of the year in Call of Duty Ghost, mm -hmm. and uh, AW came out, and you you joined a complete new team of that phase roster. How did that like off season roster mania thing go for you? Well, the off season actually didn't go well. I'm pretty sure like Noble dropped us. Or like killer miracles like all them because like we kind of put them on the on the map in, in a sense as an yeah. organization and then they ended up dropping us for some bigger names Damn. even though we were way better at the time um and then i just was playing with like a like the outcast in a sense like in the 5ks and 2ks it was like me Cheen, um enable and moach and that was our team and and we won like the first 5k or something and i was frying <laughs> like obviously like after ghost and then doing that like i got my name out there and then phase was kind of struggling um at the time and so it was like a month into the game a little bit before the first event they hit me up and asked if i want to join and of course i had to say yes right like that was the first yeah. pro team with pro players that i was gonna play with so i took it right away and the first roster for that team was uh you apathy sensor and aches correct yep okay and uh, first event of the year rolls around, AW Columbus. Give us a breakdown of what went down throughout that whole weekend. Man, that was another crazy freaking event, man. Like, we started off, we were pretty good, but I'd say more of like a sixth place team. Um, and I think we lost. Were you on denial at the time? Uh, Yes. Yeah. I think we lost to you guys in pools. In pools, yeah. We yeah, three owed you in pools. Yeah, it kind of smoked us. And then we went on into the bracket. And we ended up losing in like winter semis or something. And we met up with you guys again on the Sunday morning or Saturday mm -hmm. night, I forget, in losers. We ended up beating you guys in like round 11. Yep. And then from then on, we kind of just rode that momentum throughout the losers bracket. And it was crazy because the, the night, Saturday night or Sunday morning, whatever, Pat somehow cut his hand. And so I thought we were, we were chalked pretty much. And I honestly like, in a sense, didn't lose hope. But like, bro, if you have a cut that big on yeah. your hand, like once I saw it, I was like, dude, we're, we're screwed. There's no chance. But I remember him dropping like 40 or something the first map of the day. And I was like, like okay, maybe maybe we still got a chance. Like, <laughs> yeah. maybe we can make this work. And yeah. we just went on a crazy loser's run and, and beat Optic in two best of fives. That finals was insane, too. I feel like there was so much drama going on. Like, wasn't the, 
event or like the streams or something messing up like the internet like or was getting hit offline um i think there was I, dude it was like a crazy there was so much stuff it was like there were some problems with that there was pat versus crim in them after they left him pat cut his hand um obviously it was big for me it was the first like pro team i was on i'm playing against optic in the finals the the crowd was also like split half phase half optic like it was kind of nuts and i think they they had like the highest viewed event in in cod history or something it was like 250k at the time or I, I forget what it was it was something insane on twitch i remember being backstage after we won the first um i think the first series in adam Apicella was saying it backstage, and I was like, "Damn, that many people just saw me do that! Yeah, like, I gotta go win this." <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's the extra motivation. Um, but then you guys end up winning that event, first event of the year. So that was like all eyes were on you guys, like seen as the best team in the game now, because everyone was expecting the optic team to just like run things, and yeah. uh, you guys just kind of came out there and clutched up and won. So that was just an insane moment. But then going to the next event, you guys started struggling a little bit. What happened from the first event to the next event? Man, I still don't even know what went wrong. I think uh, we won the first event, and um, our practice wasn't going as good. I think uh, we obviously knew, too, like, champs was coming up. So I still kind of stand by that, like, people weren't taking it as seriously. Yeah. And we kind of didn't throw but didn't, like, care about that event. Yeah. We were, like, okay with losing so we could change the team in a sense. I personally think that was – stupid like yeah i don't know why you'd ever do that but <laughs> we we kind of like just got bopped out right away in the tournament 17th or whatever it was and then immediately like at the event we're already talking about roster changes like it was like two different sides scheming on each other in a sense yeah. and that's when we went on to pick up uh parasite and enable for champs that's an insane roster slasher aches parasite and enable how was scrimming with that team like did you guys agree a lot with each other's play styles or did was it like disagreements and arguments every day like how was that how was it a normal day of scrim with you guys it was probably disagreements and arguments every day it was so long ago now it's hard to remember i mean you just take like what people don't understand too is back then so it was me aches parasite like yeah. all pretty opinionated people enable was like that too back then like in my opinion like yeah. he was pretty opinionated and could get heated at times i don't think we had a mediator at all like it was all <laughs> four of us just going at each other but like at the same time we were all four going at each other like nobody ever took it personal it never like was a problem if yeah. that makes sense like it was we mostly just, in game it, yeah it was just in game okay. like it might have not been the best environment but like we made it work and i feel like we were getting better and we yeah. were one of the best teams at champs you know, you guys, I mean, you guys placed like third, I think, at the one event before champs, third at champs as well. So it's not like your team did bad by any means. That's a really yeah. like solid placing. And at champs, when it was early in the year like that, everyone was going hard for that event. And everyone still does like turn up and try harder at champs. Uh, yeah. And they practice a little bit harder and they're disciplined. But it's just funny to like have champs at that point. And then after champs, it seems like some people just don't care after that. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of weird. It was so weird. It was just like, well, champs already happened. Now I'm just going to show up to the events for free, and hopefully I do good. If I don't do good, fuck it. I don't really care. I mean, but, dude, but, like, if you got to think about it, too, like, back then, like, we were playing, like, the event I won. So you won champs that year, right? Yeah. You got 100K per person. Yeah. I won an event two months before that and got $2,500. <laughs> like, champs was literally everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you didn't have a good champs, you you didn't make good money that year. Yeah. So, like, and we weren't on salaries, so it was kind of everything. It was kind of you had so much pressure on you back then to place well at champs because if you yeah. didn't place well 
you had to start thinking about, damn, do I need to get a job or damn, do I, you know what I mean? Do I need to go to school? Like, so. Nah, it was crazy it was back crazy. then. Cause like at the end of ghost and like early AW, I think salary started becoming a thing, but it was, it was like $500 to like $750, yeah. nothing obviously crazy. Um, but yeah, if you weren't placing at least top three, every event and winning champs or doing really well at champs, you weren't making money. It's not like yeah. it is nowadays where players get salaries. They're like, okay, well I got last or I placed bad this whole year, but I made fucking 250 K in salary. Um, so it's, it's crazy back then you literally had to win or it was like, you don't eat and, yep, exactly. or you go get a normal job or go to school. And uh, that was one of the most impressive things with you. Cause you were still in school this whole time while you're competing, correct? So what, where, uh, what college or like classes were you taking? It was like all the credits or was it just like a couple? Like, how did you handle it? Um, so I went to UC Santa Cruz, um, was doing robotic engineering. Um, I pretty much the whole time was on, on a full schedule. I think it was only at the end, um, that I, I like cut back on the classes a little bit, but it still wasn't much. Like I finished in four and a half years. Mm -hmm. So it was only a little bit longer than the normal four year span. Um, and yeah, I mean, dude, that, that was a crazy time period for me. Like it was insane, like how busy I was, but I, I somehow was able to make it work. Like I would just take time where, okay, school is ramping up. I need to stop practicing as much and get my grades in line. Like, and then, okay, midterms are over or finals. Let me play COD and skip class. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just like, it was a balancing act yeah. that somehow I, I just was able to make work. And what was like the coolest thing you did with robotics engineering? Cause that sounds kind of crazy. Like, what, did you do anything, make any cool robots or like, what's the, what's, what's the one thing you remember from then? Yeah. Um, the craziest thing I remember is we took a, a mechatronics class, um, which is the hardest class I've ever taken. Um, one of the hardest classes probably offered at the school. Really? And I feel like that's usually one of like the easier classes, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, and it, the way it was taught at Santa Cruz is it was like a, it was taught, it's like a Stanford course that's like two quarters long, but it was taught in Santa Cruz in like a quarter length or something like that. So it was like ramped up and sped up. And it was like the whole point of the class was to like, you're in a team of like three people and you built a robot basically from scratch. It didn't look like a cool robot at all. Like we yeah. had a hundred dollar budget or a hundred fifty dollar <laughs> budget. That was part of the challenge. Yeah. So like, and it was completely autonomous, so like as soon as you turn it on, you couldn't touch it or control it or anything. You had to let the code run through, and it had to complete a course. So like the course is like, there's ping pong ball dispenser. It had to go get the ping pong balls, navigate the course, and shoot it at another robot and hit the other robot. And if you could do that and then get to the end zone, you pass the class. Mm. But like, bro, like I'm making it sound way easier than, <laughs> than it, yeah. I was. I was in the lab. We were legit sleeping in the lab. Like, bro. Jeez. Like I, I became so close to some of the people in there because we were living together in, yeah. in the lab space, like for a month, pretty much. Did a lot of people pass that class or was it like half the class didn't make it? Like what was like the success rate of the actual robots and all the stuff being built? Um, I would say like probably 90%, okay. a little bit more passed. Like, bro, these are like intelligent ass people. Like yeah. I was probably one of the dumber people in the class for sure. Like these guys are smart, man. Like I had a dude on my team who was a damn near genius like they, they were so freaking smart like being in a room of people like that makes you feel real dumb yeah tell you nah yeah but they didn't beat optic in the grand finals in two best of five so i mean who's That's the, who's the real winner here who's the real winner here um and then it was in the black ops three year that's like when you're taking all the college classes and about to finish college right 
Um, yeah, Black Ops Zero is on the end, but I actually finished halfway through IW. I want to say. Okay, halfway through. Okay, and then Black Ops yeah. Three. That was like your real big year because you ended up winning champs in Black Ops Three. You obviously got out like a tough start. I know there's like a famous clip of uh, you and Aix going at it for a couple days. Just like every single scrim, it seemed like you guys were going at it. He was saying you got to listen to him because you haven't won that much before. Only you only won with him. And then you're obviously talking trash back and saying all this stuff. And uh, the end of the year comes around, champs comes around, you guys win it. Like what? That had to have been such like a feel good moment for you. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, like before that, like I had made decent money for a COD player, but like I was still in debt for student loans and all that, and like still like not making that much money. Like we started getting salary, but like. It wasn't nothing crazy. Yeah. Um. So winning that like was it was the biggest chance at the time too. Yeah. 200k. It still might be one of the. the I think it ones. still is. Yeah. So like that was nuts, and I instantly was able to pay off all my student loans. Oof. Um. And have extra money, so it was just a crazy thing, and like also solid. Like I already kind of solidified myself as a really good player, but that like for sure solidified yeah. myself as like, all right, this guy's good. He's here to stay for a while. And he's someone who's gonna, you know, be a threat at events in the future. Yeah, even um, nowadays, like people talk about like rings and stuff. Like, yeah, you're a top player, but if you don't have like a one ring at least or two rings, like there's levels to it. Like people will just say, like, oh, this is the best player to never win a ring. So even yeah. to this day, it like runs true that you kind of have to be have a ring to have a, a lasting legacy as one of the top pro players in Call of Duty, which is kind of crazy to think about because it's just one tournament of the year, you get one shot, and uh, I mean. Hopefully your your team's on point. But you guys won champs, and then going into Infinite Warfare, you kept the same roster. I know uh, your Infinite Warfare year was not too good, the first, like, 75%. Uh, and then at the end, you guys got second at playoffs and champs. How the heck did you guys turn it around so quickly <laughs> for the biggest events of the year? Because you guys were getting, uh, like, 24th or something. We did get 24th at Anaheim, like, my worst placing. Um Shoot, I don't even know. I think the the beginning stages of that game like was kind of rough because, like I said, I was finishing out school, mm. so I was still in school. Um, Apathy was getting married, um, so we had a lot of things going on. And then I also think winning champs like plays a part in it too. Like, kind of any team that wins champs, like you're still going hard, but like it's hard to go like and be as focused as you mm. were before you won that event. If that makes sense, like yeah. you really have to like snap out of it and act like you didn't win yeah. get back on track quick so i think it was just a perfect storm for us to do bad in a sense with how much stuff we had going on winning champs and all that and we got top 24 and i remember we were all scheming trying to make changes because we're like okay this team is done for we're not going to do anything now um we have to figure something out and we weren't able to make a change at all so like it just came down to it like all right well champs is coming up we got to put our differences aside and make this work like yeah. it is what it is like we don't want to play together like we don't want to be a team but too bad we got to make it make it happen you know what i mean so yeah we just we just got back on our on our bullshit i guess you could say and like we got really good and should have probably won champs realistically or at least stage two like we're in a prime position to win both of those events and yeah. kind of let it slip yeah no those were definitely two tough losses but at least you ended the year on a much higher note than you started so like getting second at champs it sucks but at least you at the time they like, made a lot of money uh, and still, you were like you were like one of the best players in the game at the end uh, of yeah. the IW season. But it was that was a crazy event. I remember you guys beating Optic in the winners finals to get to grand finals. I was like, yo, no fucking way. Jcap yeah. is about to go back 
to back to back in all three <laughs> all three jetpack champs you think you don't think of jcap as being the the goat jetpack player but aw ring bo3 winning and then he's in the grand final I was like this guy's really about to win three rings three years in a row like that'd have been nuts dude that'd have that been crazy. crazy that would have been crazy but the year ends uh world war ii comes out and then you go rogue with the new uh mv roster what was what was happening give us a breakdown of everything that went down uh yeah i mean pretty much like like i said like we didn't want to team together anymore like yeah we got second um but before we got second we we already knew it was it was pretty much chalk like if we would have won we probably would have stuck but anything besides winning yeah. um we were done for and then the way we lost too was like damn like yeah. you know what i mean like that yeah. was just so heartbreaking the way we lost that event um and so i i kind of knew like you know who temp um were turning 18 again i knew what they were capable of um back in aw when they were 15 playing and they were coming back so i was like these guys are gonna be hungry i was like our team's kind of already done for anyways like let me pick these guys up get that team back together now that i could actually play the game because i'm out of school i was like yeah. we could probably win and yeah. uh yeah it didn't turn out so good but you know, <laughs> that was my thought process yeah i remember playing you guys i legit i think we played you guys like six or seven times through like the first event of that year something insane and yeah. uh, I, I think everyone kind of expected greatness with that roster, like the community, you guys as well. And even in the offseason, I remember Donnie and your team like making the GB squads for the old like MW2, MW3 uh, events that Hitch, yeah. Hitch ran. Shout out to Hitch. He's the GOAT for that. And uh, what, what was like the name of the team? It was like future world champion, World War II world like champion. world champs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we were way too cocky for all <laughs> Mainly Donnie. I mean, I was still cocky too. But... yeah. But it was just like, what do you think didn't work about the team? Was it like the actual team itself, the game? Like, what was kind of going wrong? Um, I think it was a just combination of a lot of things. I think the game wasn't playing to our strengths. Like, we were really good at advanced warfare together when I, I wasn't able to practice the game because of school pretty much. Yeah. And then World War II is like a completely 180. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a completely different game. Um, And then I also think we just we got in our own heads to an extent like we thought like i said we were too cocky we thought we were just gonna come back and just win like yeah in a sense and and it's good to be confident but you can't be cocky yeah. and i think we let it we we went too far with it and yeah yeah and then like, you guys are kind of having an off year rough year um and then you got an opportunity to join rise in the middle of world war ii after i'm pretty sure they already won an event with zinni yeah before that um when you got that offer was it kind of just like no question you're like yeah i'm out like oh yeah I mean, we, we kind of knew, like, a month before I even got that offer, like, we kind of knew, like, if our team didn't work out at that event, like, we're chalked in a sense. Um, and then Rise, you know, hit me up. Like, when they won an event and then got eighth. And yeah. then they hit me up, and I was like, this is a no-brainer. Like, yeah, I'm out. Course. Like, I got to take this opportunity. And if I do what I – like, I thought I was, like, one of the best players at the game um, on my previous team when we weren't even placing well. So I was like, if I go play with these guys – I'm going to be able to win right away. Yeah. And weren't you like not under contract anymore or something? And you were able to just walk for free without having to like negotiate yeah. or figure stuff out. I, uh, I kept postponing resigning because like I had an idea that, like I said, we knew a month before that, like our team was like yeah. in a really bad spot and it wasn't probably going to work. So like, I just didn't resign my contract and I took like a hit on a couple months salary and just kind of bet on myself. Yeah. And, um, yeah, ended up working out. Nah, it definitely worked out. I'm pretty sure you guys. What event was the first one you won? Uh, Seattle. Oh, that. Oh, the first one was Seattle. Losers. So you guys yeah. made that crazy losers run as your first event. Yep. That was crazy. Um, 
I still talk to Dan about that one because obviously for the stream, Looney, he was teaming with Austin and uh, he's my coach now. So we always talk about that one. But yeah, you guys were in like losers round one. So like top 24, like something insane. Mm. Uh, what, what happened? How did you guys go from starting in losers to winning the whole event and like uh, winning like seven, eight rounds of matches? I don't know. To be honest, I have no idea why. Dude, I remember we went to pools and we went like one and three or something. I remember I was so down bad because like I said, I was like so confident that I was yeah. like the best player in that game um, on my old team. And then now I'm on a team who just won an event like a month ago and we're in losers round one. I was like, dude, like maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Like I like, yeah. I don't know. I just was like, I was like starting to question myself at that point. I was like, damn, I was like, okay, I I'm just not that guy. Like I need to get back on, t on track and like figure myself out. Yeah. But then like we just showed up the next two days um, we ended up also like them figuring out their the new meta for the game pretty much. Like we got smoked by I think lightning pandas or something. Um, they had a double bar setup, absolutely world starring us. <laughs> and and me and Pierce took took that and was like, okay, maybe this is like what we're supposed to be doing now. And we ran with it and and just had a, a couple of good days and smoked everyone. Yeah, and then you guys went went on to a run and win Seattle. You guys won, I believe, Anaheim. Was it Anaheim after that as well? Yep. Yep. Or was that Atlanta? No, you guys won Atlanta, right? No, no, no. They won Atlanta with Zinni. Oh, then, they won uh, Atlanta with Zinni. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. In Seattle and Anaheim. Yeah. So you guys were like the best team in the game at that moment. Uh, you had a couple more battles with like TK because they were like the other best team on yeah. that. Do you think uh, who do you think was better? You or Lamar at the main AR that year? I'm going to say me, of course. But I will say that their team was better than our team in the head-to-head -head matchup. Yeah. Um, I think that game was very – I don't know if you would agree, but I think that game was very matchup-heavy, like, yeah. when it came down to vetoes and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we could beat anybody in the game besides TK. Mm. And then TK could beat, like, anyone, but they would lose to, like, EG or something like that. Yeah. But, like, if I played EG, like – I mean, we saw what I did to Pat in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm smoking <laughs> So, <laughs> but – but, like, yeah. it was so matchup-heavy, and, like, the way the vetoes went down, they just always got Forrest or Gibraltar versus and we couldn't beat them on those maps for whatever yeah. reason. Damn. So, I don't two, know. Wait, Forrest and Gibraltar, those two pretty heavy AR maps where Lamar was on the cabin, Lamar was somewhere posted yeah. up behind a rock. Like, was it, you think he was just your boogeyman or something? I, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, hey, I will tell you this. Lamar is never ninja-diffusing ninja versus me. Oh yeah, that happen. they let, yo every time they let this fool get away with it. I'm just like, bro, just check the bomb. That's his only play. He, yeah, right. he crouch walks to the bomb like a little old man. Just crouch walks to the bomb and then defuses, and it works. I'm just like, they gotta check it, right? They gotta check it. Another ninja defuse. Then you see yeah. the the colleague Twitter tweet, ice, ice. It's like no, <laughs> just check the damn bomb. Okay, right. back on track. Um, but yeah, no, that was definitely a crazy year. You were part. You and Lamar were like regarded as like. Two of the best ARs in the game because you guys it was either your two teams winning that year so uh what happened going from that rise team in world war ii to bo4 because i know 5v5 was coming into play so it was kind of like made everything a little mixy but what what was that off season like for you uh the off season was sketch bro i remember i was um i was on a cruise with my family when like the heat of it was going down so i was like in and out of service oh damn and um I obviously kind of knew that we weren't going to stick, but, like, I thought maybe me, Dan, and Tej were going to be a team of three. Um, but then Tej got dealt to Optic, like, right away. And, like, I, I just kind of got caught off guard. Like, I remember just getting a text from him randomly, like, hey, yo, bro, like, it was good teaming with you, like. <laughs> but I got the Optic off for, like, yeah. a while. And I was like, damn, like, 
we ain't even going to talk about this a little bit. I was like, I, I kind of understand, obviously, yeah. if you get the optic off, you're going to go for it. But, um, and I was like, okay, damn, I don't know what I'm going to do now. So I'm trying to figure out, like, what my options are. Um, I remember 100T, like, hitting up Nade, like, early. And I was like, yo, like, let me come build a team here. Um, and I thought that was going to be the thing that I was going to do. But then they ended up picking up Ken and Pharaoh early, which I was down to play with Ken. Um, F3, I was also kind of down to play with because he was really good at, at World War II. But then they picked up, I remember they picked up Octane, and I was like, okay, well, I guess that's chalk then. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, what am What am I going to do, run a sub for Octane? I was like, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and then they, they kept saying, like, no, like, trust me, we want you still on the team. We want you to be, like, the captain of the team of all this. And I was like, okay, like, maybe, I don't know. And then they're like, Sam will run a flex for you. Like, you're fine. And I was like, okay, let, let's do it. And um, eventually joined their team, um, and they also picked up Enable. So that's how it worked out. Yeah, I know. I remember, I always remember the story because Lamar always like tells it about how he had dinner with Nate. He was like locked in to join 100T. And then next morning he wakes up and you're on the roster now because you got yeah. like, you got bought out from Rise by them. <laughs> and then tough, yeah. tough situation that for was, my boy, right? That there. was a tough thing. He wants to sleep, think he's on 100T, and then, you know, it was gone and he yeah. took his spot. But you guys had a little rough start to the year, but then, I mean, you guys turned it up. You won, what, two events that year? Two events, yeah. Two events, second, at, second at champs. So, mm -hmm. I mean, still a really successful year. I'm sure you guys obviously want to get first, but um, it was still a really good year for you guys, and everyone still saw you as, like, one of the best teams in the game. But then the CDL got introduced. So there's so many changes happening. 5v5 happens, then the CDL happens the next offseason. How many teams were you, like, in talks with during the CDL? Um... A lot, to be honest. Like uh, at Bo4, like I remember there was like a a list that came out or something of like the the most like important players to pick up, and a lot of people had me like one, two, or three or something like yeah. that. So I was in talks with like pretty much everyone. Um, obviously the people I wanted to play with at the time were like big name players like Simpabizi. Um, obviously people on my team still from like 100T. Um, I liked playing with Tej a lot. So Tej and then he wanted to play with Dashy, so those two were an option. There's a lot of different things, a lot of different teams um, and, and different options that, that were out there, even like the Kyler and Empire situation. So it was kind of just everywhere. Like yeah. every, I feel like everyone was talking to everyone. Yeah. Uh, to be it was pandemonium. Like you just didn't know what was going on because it was so new. Um, yeah. So yeah. You would literally be talking to someone and be like, yo, I'm down to a team. Let's work something out. Let's talk to this org. And then the next day they just joined another team. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, like, I, I guess that he was already with them or something. So, yeah. That's that... what kind of happened. Like, I was talking about going to New York originally with Simp and Abizi. And yeah. um, then they ended up on phase like, a day or two later. And it just happened so quick. And I was like, damn, it's kind of a missed opportunity. But I still have really good, you know, um, options here yeah. and there. So, yeah. And then eventually you end up joining OGLA, the whole like optic getting sold merger thing. I don't really know how it went. I'm sure like you guys really didn't have much like you could say or do about it. You kind of just played for the team. Um, yeah. And I think that team gets a lot of hate, obviously, because at the time they're the fake optic and all this stuff. You guys actually had a couple decent placings. I know you got like second in one home series, I believe. Yeah. Were you top four or top two on LAN at, well, I think, the yeah, LA? We lost uh, to Dallas oh, okay, so in the event. So you were we got top, top four. four, top three, yeah, whatever gonna say um yeah we had a close series with dallas when they won the event we had we got a second place um we subbed in sheen we should have been up two overs phase we got 1v2 round 11 or something Ooh. like 
we were not that bad yeah. realistically. No, I think like they you guys got a lot of flack for being terrible. And I think when it went online, you guys got a little bit worse and then yeah. changes started happening. But people act like you guys were just not winning at all. But in reality, you guys were still winning, still like competitive and had a couple of like top placings, which is respectable. Um, but do you think like being the fake optic and like how all this shit, do you feel like it was just like a perfect, a not perfect storm of everything going on? Um, I think it definitely probably thinking on like on it back, like it might have affected us negatively. To be honest, I don't think it personally mattered to me much because I was used to being like, I guess on a hundred T we were one of the fan favorites. But yeah. outside of that, like I was one of the more hated, I guess you could say, players. The villains. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was one of the villains of the scene. Like, I was the person like. One of the people like rivaling against the optic teams a lot, like BL3, IW. I was giving them problems, so a lot of the optic fans, the Green Wall, didn't like me. Um, so I was kind of used to it. You know what I mean? It was nothing yeah. new to me, but it probably was new to like TJ and uh, Brandon were just on optic, and you know what I mean to go to the fake optic where they're hated. <laughs> yeah. now. It's like it's such a big jump. So maybe it was a problem. You you really don't know. It's all speculation, but it. I, I think it probably hurt us yeah. a little bit. No, I was that must have been a crazy just period of time. And uh, getting away from like Call of Duty and stuff, you are actually roommates with Lamar Accuracy on the Seattle Surge. What has been like the best and worst thing about rooming with Lamar? Uh, worst thing. I think the best thing. I mean, I just, I just. Lamar's my guy, bro. One of my best friends in the scene. I've known him for so long. And it's funny because we actually started off as not friends. We hated each other in the very beginning, like a <laughs> long time ago. We used to talk trash on Twitter all the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's just one of my best friends in the scene. Um, he's, he's a real guy, real loyal and stuff like that. He's got good like morals and stuff. So, and yeah, he just loves Call of Duty like I do. So yeah. Okay, enough about the good things. Let, give us a list of the bad. We want to hear the, the bad. bad the worst Expose thing it. Say, Expose this man. I don't really have any negatives besides that we'd be getting way too lazy sometimes. We'll be on the couch watching <laughs> a show, binging it for six hours or something. Because when we get hooked on a show, it's chalk. Like, we'll just be sitting there watching too much. So, I will say we're a little too lazy. And that's that's probably the biggest negative. Like, even lately, we haven't been going to the gym. But, I mean, mm. I guess it worked out for me because I ended yeah. up going on to win the event. So, screw it. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't really have too many bad things to say. Okay, okay, but he's still, he's, like, pretty clean, like, pretty sanitary, keeps the apartment nice. Yeah, I feel like Lamar is way more clean than I am. Oh, okay. You know, if, like, you know, if, if like, a little, you, I mean, you know how he is, bro. If a, a fly could fly into the room and he'll start freaking out, like, bro, open, <laughs> close all the doors, open up the outside door, like, let it, get it out. <laughs> like. I see that I, uh, I see how I taught him a little bit, because he used to just have a, a filth, a just trash encirc- uh, circling him. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he picked up a couple of things about how to stay clean and sanitary. We definitely aren't the cleanest individuals, but we aren't, like, <laughs> super. Disgusting. Yeah, you're not you know hoarders? Like, yeah, no, no. Yeah. And then, um, where were we at? MW. What what game came out after MW? Vanguard? Uh, no, Cold War. Or Cold War. Oh, shit, yeah. I'm faded. Cold War uh, dropped, and it went back to 4v4. You ended up being on LAT, a new org again, or kind of, the same org as you were two years ago. Um, so how the heck did that offseason and roster media go down and the org situation go down from your perspective? Uh, to be honest, it didn't really have much of an offseason. Like, we were just kind of in limbo most of the time. Like, just sitting there, like, 
not knowing what was going to go on. Like, um, we knew the OGLA people, um, like, uh, was it Immortals? Pretty sure the team, they were selling the spot. But, like, we didn't know who was getting it. We didn't know what was happening, the roster or anything until, like, last minute. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't much of an off season at all. It was just kind of, like, waiting around and, like, kind of freaking out to an extent because, like, damn, we're like, bro, all these good players were free agents or, like, going to be sold by their teams and they're just, you know, kind of going and we're just sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. So, like, what is going on? No, yeah, it's definitely a weird feeling. Uh, I think pretty much everyone knows the whole drama and stuff that went on with that season. You guys really weren't really placing too good. Uh, you had your moments where you would win and stuff, but then you had like eight or nine roster changes throughout the year. So I just yeah. want to ask you like individually, because you got benched. At what point of the season did you get benched? Um, Before the stage two major. Stage two major. And then how yeah. did you like keep on fighting and going through it. Cause like usually when a lot of people get benched, it can be like their demise, like they're done playing and yeah. you are an older pro on the scene. Of course you had a lot of success and everyone knows as a player, you're really good. Um, but like, what was, what did you do to just keep on, keep that fire and like discipline to want to play and compete to where you are now? Um, well, I mean, I knew like when I got benched, like I knew it was like, I mean, obviously it was tough to deal with, but like, I just knew they weren't going to, like, put anything together. Like, I would, like, people would say, like, oh, he wasn't playing well, which I don't claim to be playing really good at the beginning of the year, but, like, I was not bad by any means. I was, like, yeah. decent. I could be way better. Like, I have way higher standards for myself. And, um, but, like, just the roster changes they were making, the problems that they thought we have were just all wrong, in my opinion. Like, so I just knew they weren't going to put it together, and I knew eventually, like, I was probably going to get called back in. Yeah, and I start. I kept playing for a while. I was going hard in the gym. Like I was playing eights every night. Um, I was started frying in eights, um, and I was just waiting. And then eventually, like, you know, one major went by, the next major went by, and then I was kind of like, all right, maybe I'm wrong. Like they think they're better, even though they're not placing any better. Yeah. Like I'm just chalked, and I couldn't get a trade. Like I was trying to get traded to so many teams. Like, but that's just impossible in the CDL uh, yeah. landscape, pretty much. And um. Yeah, so then eventually I just kind of stopped playing. Like, I was like, okay, I'll wait till next year. It is what it is. And then uh, they hit me up, like, stage four or stage five, I forget. Like, not too long till champs, like a month or two. And we're like, yo, you want to come back? And I was like, at this point, I was like, damn, I haven't been playing in two weeks. I was like, fuck. I was like, but I got to take the opportunity, right? Yeah, of like, course. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back and play. Like, I want to play. So yeah. I came back, and then I felt like, I personally was frying, I feel like, especially yeah. on land. Like, I had, like, 1.3s at the events. Like, I was playing really well. We just couldn't put together a series as a team. We'd lose a lot of game fives, so. Yeah. And that was just, like, kind of a tough year. Um, you guys didn't really get the plays that you wanted, even, like, the last two events when you did come back. You did perform well individually. Season ends. Uh, you, I think, just, like, can't really find a good home at the moment for, like, where you're going to be playing for the next season. What happened to get that LAG roster to form? Because I actually just read somewhere recently that every single player that is on LAG was dropped during the offseason. So yeah. how did the LAG roster come together? Did the org go to you? Did you go to, go to the org? Like, what went into that? Um, So the big thing is I was obviously trying to figure out somewhere to go because um, I knew the LAT thing was chalked, even though they didn't make it apparent right away. I, I just know how these things go. Like, yeah. I knew it was chalked. I was trying to figure out what I could do. Um, 
and like there was a couple of different opportunities I was trying to get on. Everything was kind of falling through. LAG approached me. Um, they wanted me to like come there and, and kind of like build a team. They got Kyler really early, so it was going to be me and Kyler and they kind of helped build the team. Um, but Kyler, Pierce, and Asim were like a team of three like from the very get-go. So it was like they wanted to play together on LAG and the org really wanted me. Um, and so I reached out to them. We started talking, and then obviously, like, we felt like it, it just kind of fit together. Um, we all, like you said, were kind of, like, dropped by our teams um, in a sense. So yeah, it, it, we just came together, and we're like, you know, we all have a chip on our shoulder, something to prove. Like, we all are going to work super hard. Like, the roles kind of make sense. Like, let's, let's do this. Yeah. And it was just kind of crazy, like, when that team formed and the first couple, like, stages and majors, because you guys weren't really doing fantastic even at stage one, I think you guys got like eighth or 12th at the yeah. first land. We got 12th. We lost you guys. Yeah. Super last. Yeah. yeah no, don't worry. Super we got, last. we got super last this time, but unfortunately we're not, you and I, you, me, Lamar and Ace aren't going to a Nisret dinner uh, yeah, for the, no, for the regain, the for the regain. But, um, and then everything happens. I know you put a tweet out saying like, I can't believe this is all happening. I feel like everything that's happened over the past two, three years is just unlucky and you're never in a good situation. Because now you have to play with Spart, who was a fill-in, a weak fill-in for your team. You guys got smoked by Optigan that one match. Um, what the hell happened the week after you got smoked by Optic, leading up into the major too? I don't even know, man. Uh, <laughs> we just put it together somehow. It's a miracle run, realistically, like considering all the circumstances. Like even at the event, like we lost our first series to Boston 3-0. Like damn. We just, it's so hard, like, playing with a fill-in, like, to go into matches against these polished teams. And, like, also, we have to do veto process. Like, we don't know what we're good at, what yeah. we're bad at. You know what I mean? So, like, we're kind of just winging it. And, like, as the matches went on, I just felt like we got better and got better. We were practicing backstage, warming up, like, doing all this and talking through some situations so we at least had something to go off of. Yeah. And I also just feel like um, stage one, like, we didn't do well, um, but, like, we recognized that we are just bad at search, like, really, really bad at search. And so, like, I started playing, like, the Tupac Money 8s every night, like, mm. a week and a half, two weeks. I was putting in, like, extra four or five hours in those and learned a lot in S&D. And then also, Hook and Spart have been in those a lot. Um, we just been putting in, in a real amount of time into that mode. And, like, that's what I ultimately feel like helped carry us through the tournament because yeah. we went on a 10 snd win streak like crazy our respawn was decent like good enough to get by but like the ultimate winning factor was the snd yeah. and i feel like the extra time that we put into that just helped us so much Whew. that was crazy but uh obviously you guys won major two but before that i just wanted you to like tell us about spark because i don't think the community even me personally i really don't know much about him i don't think i've ever talked to him before i've seen him play of course and he is talented but like being there and teaming with him and talking to him and working with him for that week. Like just tell us like how he is as a person, as a player and why he was able to just come in so quickly and then kind of just dominate, help you, help you guys dominate. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I've, I've known about him for a little bit now. He, he got his chance back in MW on the team. I actually reverse swept him in like his first match or something like that. Yeah. Um, I remember back then he came in and he didn't play that well, but like he was also on a pretty bad team not yeah. in a good situation so it was kind of hard to like put it together um and then 
I, I've been, you know, obviously like I keep up with the challenger scene enough to know that he's been one of the, the better players in challengers for a minute now. And um, people have been saying he deserves a chance for a long time. And uh, we played with him in the optic match and he kind of he didn't play well. Um, but I knew like, he's like, that's not him. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. able way more. And like I said, like he's been in those S and D money eights. I've played with them. Like I know he's a good search player. Like he has good search instincts and stuff like that. And he's got the talent. Um, and then, yeah, he's just like, I don't know, he's a hard worker. Um, he's super, like, passionate about the game. He's willing to learn and stuff like that. And he's just a good teammate. Like, he was, you know, getting hyped in matches and, and stuff like that, gassing people up. Um, anytime, like, we were talking about things, like, he, he wanted to really understand and learn, like, how we'd play situations and yeah. stuff like that. And, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him. He's just a great player. And then at what point did he like bring up the Volk to you guys? And when you guys were like, is this guy serious talking about this Volk using the Volk? Like what, what did you do when he first saw him using it? Were you, did he think he was like trolling or were you like, yo, this guy might be nasty with this gun? Uh, I, at first I was like, not like he's trolling, but I was like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's that good, but all right. And then he brought it up like maybe the day before the tournament like when we're all there but practicing backstage you know what i mean yeah so he was like you know i got this gun like i've been using it in challengers like i think it's really good on on these maps like let me use it and i was like hey man like at this point i was like whatever makes you comfortable like let's do like yeah because realistically going into the event like with a feeling i'm just trying to get some cdl points you know what yeah. i mean like i'm just trying to stay in the race for champs like I'm like bro we need to win some matches because we're like in eighth but like damn it's way too close yeah um and then we started scrimming with it and he was kind of frying on some of the like oakage or like um tuscan yeah. and stuff like that so i even pulled it out myself i was like what what's the class and then i tried it and i was like this is pretty good but like you definitely can't run two of them i feel like i need to go to the god tank or i need to do this to rip this guy yeah. Eddie. So i was like you know what go ahead do your thing like all you know we'll just play around you type thing and then you guys complete the Cinderella story run. You guys go from losers round one to winning major two, not just as a team, but with a fill-in, a weak fill-in. So you guys put everything together so uh, quickly. You won major two. Where would you say this ranks as like your tournament wins out of your favorites? Yeah, um, it's tough. Like a top uh, three. Give me like your top three tourney wins. I'd probably say top three tourney wins. Um champs is probably number one yeah i feel like that one's tough to beat like it's just and you made 200k so like you know first yeah. ring you know like that's just tough to beat i'd probably say this is maybe my number two now because this is just nuts like unreal i don't think anything like this will ever happen again in call of duty um yeah. a team winning it with a sub a team breaking the S D record like that on a tournament against the type of competition we played too like mm -hmm. we had a hard run like really if you look back at it like we played the only top like five team we didn't play was like optic mm. you know we played phase london boston like all these teams that were looking really good and high up in the standings and even like the, the worst team we played was like a toronto team which is like they still could be really good oh you know? yeah like, this of course. Is, like a runner-up from last year like they're a good team like yeah everyone everyone's kind of a good team nowadays yeah um so I don't. I just don't think this will be top. So that's probably this one's probably my number two, and then maybe number three is probably like my first event win because that one's just like a special, um, one with fate. Yeah. My first pro team, um, kind of solidified myself, and it yeah, that was, was just a really special event win for me too.
And then I got one last question from me. Well, it was actually from someone else. And then uh, we're going to do some chat questions if you're cool with that. Yeah, of course. Um, this, is, this one's from Samuel Octane. Will you roast Octane when he shoots your body in scrims now that you're a Vanguard champion? Listen, <laughs> before I was even a Vanguard champion, I'm roasting every single player on that team in scrims when I play against them. <laughs> Anybody like it's just anybody who's who's on that team when I'm playing against you in scrims I'm roasting you. You get shot in the back, bro. You wouldn't have won that on land, like. Hundred percent. Like I'd be letting those fools have it in scrims because I mean, there's they like I said there there's some you know a little bit of a rivalry. Bad blood, there, you know. So. There's bad blood yeah. there. You got history and I obviously. No, like yeah. you, know, you even see with some of my tweets, like I'm not as wild as I used to be. Yeah. Like we definitely toned down a little bit as as the time went on, but. I make sure to throw some extra stuff in there, like I'm the king of LA. Like yeah. I gotta let these fools know, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey. I, I respect that. Like gaming wise, you're definitely the king of LA. Of course, I'm in Minnesota, but when I'm back, you're just keeping <laughs> you're just keeping my throne warm. So I do appreciate okay, you for sure. that. Um, but that's gonna be it for me, Austin. I appreciate you answering all my questions I had for you. And now, chat uh, is your guys' time to shine. You can open up my stream and read the chat off if you want, or you I can read you the questions. Uh, you, Whichever one you feel more comfortable doing. Uh, you can just go ahead and pick some out. It's a, pick some. This yeah, is a good yeah. one. Did Capsule shooting his body in Losers Finals change anything for you? Uh, I mean, I did start frying after it happened, but <laughs> I, I didn't like, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't like ever like, I don't really notice things like that too much. Like I was already talking about what we're going to do next round. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I did see it happen, but I, it's not to the extent of like, damn, this motherfucker just shot my body. <laughs> I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny though, because... Uh, I didn't realize it, but Kyler talked about it afterwards because I was, like I said, so focused on what we're going to do the next round. Kyler was like, he was like, ooh, I love that. <laughs> like, after he saw it or something like that. And then, yeah, I mean, I did turn up and start frying afterwards. Yeah. Like, I, I fried them and then also played really well in the finals. So maybe yeah. maybe it did get some extra fuel to the fire, but I, I don't <laughs> feel like personally I noticed it too much. Yeah. Ooh, this is an interesting one from Oshine. He said, was there ever a point in time that you thought you would never win again? Mm. I mean, like I said, like probably when I maybe got benched, um, not just when I got benched, but like, like I said, when I kind of realized like maybe I wasn't coming back in that season. Cause like, bro, when you get benched and you're kind of out, it's so hard to get yeah. back in. Like, like people were talking about me as like, I should just retire and hang it up. And I feel like, when I came back, those events that I played where I fried was so important for me because it mm -hmm. kind of, like, helped show people that I still have, like, some, you know, fuel in the tank. So, I, during that time period, though, I was definitely thinking I might never win again. I was thinking I might never play again, yeah. too, so. No, that, I mean, that was, that was crazy uh, to bounce back from that because, like you said, once you get out of like that pro circle, it's hard to get your opportunity again, especially an opportunity with a good team to actually have a chance to win. So exactly, yeah. To see all your teammates get dropped and then come back and win—that's just that's like inspirational, honestly. <laughs> um, Hailstorm wants me to ask. Can you ask Slasher how Mama Litico is doing and what was her reaction to your win? Uh, she's doing really good. Um, she was obviously very excited. Yeah. Um, she loves watching all the games and stuff like that, but. Uh, yeah, she just she FaceTimed me and was ecstatic. The whole yeah. family was. My grandma, both my grandparents were watching. My dad, my brother, everyone back home was 
was supporting, so they're all really happy for me. Yeah. And now, the funny thing, though, I got to give Mama Lydica a little bit of flack. All of a sudden, I win again, and now she wants to go to events. Where, <laughs> where were you at when I was, you know, <laughs> talking about where's Champs at? Well, I might go to that this year. I was like, oh, so now that I win again, you want to yeah. go? Yeah. No. Before, she's like, I don't know if I'm paying for that hotel and flight. Well, I mean, <laughs> you want enough cash. You want 50K this weekend, so I think you could just pay for her stuff. I think that'll be fine. <laughs> right. um, a good question from Baby Dave on a more serious note. How does mental health play a role in not only being a pro esports athlete, but also, in essence, a celebrity with all eyes on you? Ooh, um, I think mental mental health is very important. I think mental, like your mental strength and everything like that is one of the most important things when it comes to competition because I feel like half the battle is always being confident in yourself, yeah. confident in your team, and, and like um, not letting like any outside factors or anything like that get to you. Like I've always prided myself in being very strong mentally. Like I said, I've been one of the villains of the scene. People want to see me lose, like the, the crowd's against me. Um, even recently, like, bro, people were throwing me in F tier. People were saying, like, I should retire. <laughs> yeah. and they were saying all this crap about me. But, like, at the end of the day, I always believe in myself. I always bet on myself. And I always make sure that I don't let anyone mess with my mental. So yeah. I feel like having a strong mental game and, and good mental health is very important in anything you're doing in life, to be honest. Yeah, especially now with, like, social media, too. And you can see so many different opinions. You, it feels like the whole world is talking about you. You do yeah. bad in a match, you see a Reddit post with 300 comments uh, asking you to get dropped or saying stuff, a roster change needs to happen, whatever it may be. So it's kind of crazy just uh, how things go nowadays. And uh, mm -hmm. especially when you're like, your team isn't doing too well, like it can get weird because everyone on the team knows like, yo, we're not doing too well. Like mm -hmm. I didn't play good that match. Shit, It might be my time. Like I might get dropped after this. So It just gets very stressful, bro. And the yeah. thing with our like job is like, we live on social medias, right? Yeah. Like Twitch, have to. YouTube, you have to. like everything, like you're just always on there. So you, you can't like not see the comments, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you just, you always see the negativity. You see the positivity too when it's there, but yeah. us as humans, like the negativity just like stands out yeah. so much more. I feel like. Well, this is another really good one. What is the decision to not wear a hat on stage now? Why did <laughs> the A's hat slasher retire? I'm not allowed to wear the ace hat anymore, man. Really? I wish I, I wish I could. Yeah, something with like uh, brands or some mm. legal stuff. I don't know exactly what it is. And then I was wearing the plain black one, but I just didn't really, I didn't really like it, man. So yeah, I kind of just said screw it. Like I'm just gonna throw the hat away. And if I ever let me wear my ace hat again, I'll do that. But <laughs> now it's it's no hat. No hat. Yeah, you got a good cut, so I mean it looks good. You don't gotta you don't gotta hide it with the hat or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, if you do want another hat, you know, a statement of uh, is dropping some dad hats. I think you'd actually look amazing in. So oh, maybe in two or three I weeks. Have to get one. Yeah, you have to check it out. But um, I think. Oh wait, one more last question. Last question from the chat. Okay. What is Austin's reaction to everyone blaming him and Lamar for the GAs? <laughs> Dude, I, that stuff is so funny at first, but now it just like. Now it just gets a little annoying because, like, bro, I guess I'll take it as a compliment, though. Do they <laughs> actually believe that me and Lamar are finessing the entire COD League and just playing <laughs> the way we want to play? Like, damn, we must be next level nah, that's if that's the case. Like, yeah. It, I don't know. It started off as a joke. It was funny, but then it, it just got played out. But it's, like, now, serious like, now. Like, people say yeah, it seriously. Yeah, like, we joke with it. Like, I mean, we posted the, the – uh, 
the enforcers video where we're sitting there like this, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we have some funny things with it, but seeing that stuff every day and like the Volk now I get I get tweets randomly all the time, yo, is this G eight in ranked play? And I'm like, <laughs> bro, what like, what are you saying? Like, dude, come on, man. I mean, that is but, a good question. Are you banning the Volk? <laughs> I'm not in the chat, bro. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But if you had a choice, that... though, would you ban it or you want to keep it in? I don't. I'd. I'd probably wait to see. I mean, we only saw it at the event in the weekend. Yeah. So it's hard to so it's say. I don't know. Small sample size. But I will right say now. too. Yo, people said I couldn't win without making the rule set. I left the chat. I won. No. I also like. I'm a man of my word, bro. I right, let it out, people man. Realize, let it out. Let it out. Pump your chest out. Too. I told people when land comes back. I will win again. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. three events was it three land events? What was it? Four? Uh, major four, major five champs, major so major four one, so events, four. and then I won. That's yeah. not too long. Man, it's hey, long. I try to tell the people I'm a man of my word. Okay, talk your shit, Austin. Talk your <laughs> shit. Let them know. Um, did you have any luck at the casino? Because I know we stay at Mystic Lakes Casino here in Minnesota. Uh, how 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 was it? Because I know you won hella cash. So did you go rogue? Yeah, uh... So I didn't actually get too much time to gamble. Um, I did the first couple of days I was there. I was down like $800. Yeah. And then the last night, finally after, because we were playing late at night, like most matches um, and stuff like that. So the last night I finally went um, like 4 or 5 a.m. before my flight. And I just I was down 800 And then I somehow swung it back in like the last 10 minutes before I had to go up and pack. And now I was up like 400 500 and left. So I was like. I don't know how I just did that, but I'm out. I'm taking my profits and dipping. Yeah. Now, you've been making crazy comebacks all weekend and crazy runs. So, I mean, you got to respect that. Everything was just going yeah. right. After you lost that first match, everything just started going right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Wild run. Wild. Yeah. Uh, Austin, I appreciate you coming on the show. Hope you had a great time. Uh, and, yeah, that's going to be it for me. Shout out to everyone that watched, listened, or is on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. Appreciate you. Appreciate all the support you guys showed to the show, and we're gonna hopefully keep on doing this. But uh, thank you guys.